This is Owen Tinder Jones. I'm Owen Vaughan Williams. This is Tash Harden. And you are listening to the Owen Tinder Podcast. Hello and welcome to another trip down memory lane with the Coleman Had a Dream podcast. I'm here with Ruth. Hello, Ruth. How are you? Good. Good. Thank you. Morning from Washington. Um, we are going to talk about the reruns against Cyprus and Israel, which I think, Ruth, is fair to say it wasn't it wasn't too gripping 90 minutes that I'm overly excited. It was, but it was reliving it once at the time was fairly bad. To now talk about it again is going to be even trickier, I think. But we will have a, uh, we'll have a bloody good go. Um, the first thing I wanted to mention with the Israel game, sorry, with the Cyprus game, was the lineup in that we retained Chris Gunter at... Uh, centre-back despite the fact that James Collins was on the bench yeah I think that was an, an interesting decision to not use Guns as a right wing back and pull him inside um, I wonder whether Coleman thought he had just a bit more variety on that right wing back position and you know could could perhaps sub Collins on and push Guns out if that's what he wanted to do and you know I think maybe it was a way to kind of play three at the back without quite playing three at the back um, so that Guns had a little bit of a sort of forward pushing role when he could um, more than you would have got out of Collins if, it, if he'd been there. I think, yeah, that's part of it. I, and I also think the logic was that Gunter was quicker than Collins and their strikers were quite rapid mm-hmm. when we played them in the first game, so that was maybe part of it. Um, but then again, Ben Davis was there and he's not exactly a slouch. So maybe that was the, that was the thinking. The one thing I did kind of consider, and it happened again in the Cyprus game, which um, in the Israel game, sorry, which was I feel like Coleman had kind of gone through a phase almost of, stumbling into things kind of fortunate accidents if you like um and and this one had worked against Belgium so I think he thought I'm just going to stick with it because in the second game against Israel he did the exact same thing again um but again he had Collins and Chester on the bench for the Cyprus Mm -hmm. game so I'm just not sure if he kind of showed some loyalties maybe the wrong word he was just like he's a very superstitious guy so I, I maybe he just didn't want to change a winning team I, it just struck me as a bit of a unnecessary gamble I'd say I know I was I was trying to think on something where there was a bit more reasoned than gut although I don't I don't disagree with you that that might just have been part of the thinking but whether he felt that a sort of your big central defender really only needed Williams and then and play Guns and Davies sort of slightly off him as sort of half as it were and then have Richards and Taylor as proper wing backs so that it was um it was more an effort to have more wing backs than it was a f- a sort of conscious decision to reduce the number of centre-backs. 
Yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying. I just, it struck me as odd. And I think we could probably debate the reasons why for quite a while. But I, mm-hmm. I, I, I think we can definitely With agree. That. We can definitely agree that it was, it, it still is an odd decision. Like, however you kind of, come, whatever conclusion yeah. you come to, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. And I've, I've forgotten just how few of those games Chester played. He seemed such a part of the setup by the time we got to France, didn't he? That I'd forgotten he'd missed quite so many of these qualifiers as he had for one thing or another. It's interesting you say that, actually, because one of the things I was going to mention was Joe Allen and how few games he played in this and then got to the tournament and was absolutely unbelievable. And you could possibly even argue the, the same about Joe Ledley, who missed a couple of games with a knock, like he missed both of these games with a knock. Um, mm-hmm. And how many times as a consequence we had Andy King and Dave Edwards in some way, shape or form starting a lot of these games. Um, and that kind of brought me to to thinking about what happened in the match itself, because if we're honest, it was a poor performance. It, you know, I know it was a massive goal and win and all that, and we'll come to that, but it wasn't a good game of football to watch. It wasn't a good performance. I don't think anyone, apart from Ash, I would say kind of stood out. Um, Gareth Bale had, like looking at these two games in isolation, like contenders for his two worst games in a whale shirt, like like especially the Cyprus game. Um, like there kind of isn't really much to talk about, but it did make me think with the Allen situation that that dynamism and, and movement and keeping the ball rolling quickly and everything else in midfield, that was definitely lost with Edwards and, and King, who no disrespect to them, who kind of workhorse type players. I felt like that, the movement and moving the ball especially to Ramsey and Bale in dangerous areas kind of didn't really happen. And the only few times it did happen is is ironically the five minutes or so around when we scored. Yeah, I actually wrote in my notes, um, Richards King and Edwards, and I bracketed them together and put steady. So I kind of think that that kind of sums up that you can't say that they didn't contribute. And and if anything, they were were performing at that sort of, higher end of their their spectrum and there were plenty of players on the pitch that were you know barely scraping the the better end of their personal sort of performances so I don't want to sound critical of them but and I actually thought you know like I said in relative terms I thought they played pretty well um but it it did take away some of Ramsey's threat and Bale's threat as you were saying but equally I, I think they had poor games too didn't they They didn't make make use of what was put on the plate for them either yeah I agree um I mean when we talk about the game in itself I like you know uh, there's not really a huge amount to say I don't think um the the main issues really well there's three main talking points for me one is I felt that this was the first time in the whole campaign that we'd gone there and would have been happy with a draw and I think we'd not really approached games in that manner up until that point. I think the enormity of the situation—we had four games to win, two, four, yeah, four games to win two. I think all of a sudden you're thinking, "Oh God, I don't want to be the person who bottles this from such a good position." So I think all of a sudden your your, your outlook on things maybe starts to change a little. I also thought that's that's my main that's my main starter, and then the main thing I wanted to come on to after that was the the Dave Edwards disallowed goal, which I thought was exceptionally unlucky. Yeah, I I was thinking about the sort of the timeline of these two games because these were, um, if I remember rightly, the first point in that campaign where we played 
certainly that year, certainly in 2015, it was the first point where we played a double header in a weekend. So this was September. Played one game in March, one game in June, and then these two in September. So they'd actually had such little playing time together comparatively, plenty of training time. But you'd gone a long, a long time without trying, without having to cope with two competitive games in a weekend. Um, that's another reason why I thought it was interesting that the teams were the same for the two games. Um, the, um, I don't disagree with you about the nerves. I think there was um, definitely evidence of everybody just getting a bit jittery. Yeah. of not not one the, the, me included i'm watching it again and it's like all those fears from that autumn are coming back of we're gonna mess this up again <laughs> you know, we're gonna do it again we're we've got a relatively on paper relatively simple scenario and i could just see us getting to the point even after winning in cyprus getting to the point where we have to be andorra at home when they don't put us in that position, don't get <laughs> us in a position where we've got one game at home and we've got to win it, even if it's against Andorra, because we don't do that, yeah. you know? And those are all the fears that are flying around in my head at that point. And I think that's another part of what made these not a terribly pleasant rewatch is you're going, you're going back to, to the emotions of watching that. No, the I, process I, again and the fear that we mess it up. No, I agree with you. I just, before we go on to the Edwards goal, I just want to jump in. The, the funny thing about that, like the jitteriness and the whalesness, I, I guess, is definitely <laughs> evident. The thing I was, in, I was surprised by is in that window there, knowing the circumstance, you've got two games. Like, I guess you don't want to go and lose and make the last two even harder. But it was I was quite intrigued by the the setup of we'll take a point and and basically I think we were just hoping we could fall across the line because in my mindset I I remember thinking at the time we should just go for this like we're better than both of these teams we should just go there commit to try and get in six points and then this is done and dusted it's done in our own stadium um, you know we are we don't need to worry about this anymore we're over the line and if it goes wrong. We've still got the relative backup of Andorra at home to kind of finish things off, so that was why I was kind of surprised, I guess, at, at, at the way the game panned out. Um, but then again, I think I and and I'm sure you and everyone else was just kind of desperate for us to get over the line, so just wanted it to be over the out of the way quickly. I just wanted it to be finished. Um, to look at the Dave Edwards goal, it's hard. I mean, I can see why the refs disallowed it, but it's. It, it's hard to see a huge amount wrong with it, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I'm still not even quite sure I understand what he was giving it for. Presumably it was like elbows from, from Hal, but I'm yeah. I'm not actually convinced I know what where the foul was that he was he was reacting to. Uh but yeah, it's harsh. I mean, when we're still trying to understand what he thinks he saw, then it makes you wonder what he saw. No, I think that's a that's a great way to describe it. I, 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 for me, it's got to be the elbows on Hal, uh, from mm-hmm. Hal. Sorry, but I mean, it's not like he's swinging his arms wildly. There, uh, I would say Hal's has been as aggressive as the bloke is is who's marking him is mm-hmm. being to him, and um, you know, little sliding doors moments like that do make you wonder sometimes. You know, 
is this <laughs> is this going to be it for us? Is this our chance? And some stupid ref has ruined it for us. Because um, I mean, the ref. I thought the ref was poor. I thought the ref was poor in both games. To be fair, but um, I, I, it was a very, a very, very harsh decision um, to kind of disallow that goal, and especially because it was in the in front of the away end, and there was about two seconds of absolute carnage and chaos, <laughs> and then everyone kind of calmed down and realised what the ref had done. But those, I think, that would have been sort of an iconic image of. A lot of very sunburned, very drunk people uh, <laughs> bouncing around a stadium somewhere in Cyprus. Um, looking further <laughs> forward in the game, um, I don't really think there's kind of huge amounts to talk about. Hennessy didn't really have anything to do. They kind of had a few breakaways where their fast players kind of could have been a threat, but it kind of came to nothing. Um, and then mm-hmm. the, the, the build-up to everything around the goal started I mean literally we played well for five minutes in the whole match to be perfectly honest and and we kind of turned it on and managed to to make the most of that small period we were on top yeah I mean midway through the second half I've actually written this has got really boring and careless that's what that amounts to my yeah. <laughs> my notes and then then I start critiquing <laughs> rats and rob phillips because their commentary <laughs> becomes much more interesting than what's actually happening oh, on the field when they're, they're debating who's from cyprus and who isn't and which is the largest island in the mediterranean and things it was priceless and the geography of i i'm so uh, sat in the stadium and i can see over over the top of the stand there that we're this is a split city it's the only split city in europe i can actually see turkey if i look over the back of the stand it's like oh my god i'm getting a history lesson from rob phillips here like this is absolutely ridiculous um but no it wasn't great the, the one thing i did actually start to do was kind of wonder looking forward into the future knowing what we know now i thought ben davis looked like like an 18 year old boy who had been put into play his first international match and i don't mean that in the harsh way that i've just said it but like he was all over the show and he wasn't the only one but he could not stop giving the ball away he could not stop lunging in on people and the amount of times he got out of jail were was phenomenal and it was never in an area which kind of threatened to derail us or give away a goal but it was I I just couldn't believe like looking at the player that we have now how unaccustomed I know he was kind of young and everything else but how unaccustomed he seemed to kind of playing in the role he was playing he just seemed like he was all over the show yeah, but I think that sort of goes back to the point we were making before that they all were. I mean, if you'd watched Bales play True. just in that game, you'd, you'd have you'd have thought, yeah, and yeah. Um, so I, I I don't think it's particularly isolated to Davies. Although I agree, I think he had an unusually kind of amateurish game by his you know by his normal entirely sort of professional and on it norms but i think there was a lot of them that were guilty yeah. guilty of that yeah and he played he was one of the players that played much better in the israel game oh yeah he was excellent in the israel excellent yeah. a stretch yeah. but no he was much better yeah um so looking on to that 80 minute mark then we have a lovely bit of interplay down the left hand side ball gets pulled back to the one of the people you want in that scenario in aaron ramsey and he doesn't quite get his foot around the ball and kind of hits it a bit flat and a bit straight and it's 
almost straight at the keeper, really. But that was the the point in the match. It was just like, right, lads, we got ten minutes to to win this. Let's see what we can do. And we really did start playing some good stuff around that point, didn't we? Yeah, I mean, there was a there was a nice cross from Taylor. Uh, uh, a shot that Ramsey took and the goalkeeper kind of parried it away just before the goal. Um, and that, you know, there was some good sort of aggressive work in the, in the corner to even win the corner. Um, so I, I agree. I think there was a sort of five, eight minute period there where we easily had our best, um, our best play of the, of the game. Absolutely. And then obviously, a few few minutes after that that came from the goal we had a kind of it was a very poor corner Ramsey had taken first kind of mm-hmm. eventually recovered it um and then in the kind of back and forth I guess that followed from that we I think it was a throw in Ramsey's playing it back and forth with I'm not sure who and then that lovely little dink ball through to Jazz Richards who I have yeah. no idea why he's there um <laughs> and then the ball at my first thought was why is he not looked for Vokes um, who was on at this point, and then all of a sudden you see the ball float over his head, and Bale is just—he's oh, just there, like he's like that Ronaldo goal <laughs> against us in the semi, almost. He's just there, he's in the air. And do you know what? Like at first, I remember watching that live, thinking, "Oh my god!" Like you know, I'm glad he's got on the end of that. But that's actually a really, really—I mean, it's a great ball, but he's still got a lot to do there. He's behind the yeah. defender. He, he needs—you know—he's got to run at him. He's got above him. But the power he generates on the on the header is unbelievable. He just buries it past the keeper. The keeper, if you look at it again in kind of slow-mo almost, the keeper does like a cursory flap of his hand just to make it seem like he tried. <laughs> the ball is long past him by that point. Yeah, it's a great header. Um, I think we've talked previously, haven't we, about how he's underrated as a, as a header yeah. of the ball. And I think that's an example of of his prowess in that area. Great cross from Richards, actually, because init- um, I was like you initially. Um, it's like, oh, he's overhit that relative to Vokes. And then, as you say, suddenly Gareth is like floating there somewhere. Yeah. And um, <laughs> and, it, and it's just very well taken. And I think the celebrations afterwards just sum it all up. And I mean, he's, he's going straight to Coleman at that point and no one yeah. is going to stop him. Yeah. And he knows as well, I think... That is probably the moment for like he he was unbelievable in that campaign in general, but I think that's the moment where he's just like, I think this is it, lads. Knowing what's coming, you know, knowing it's Andorra away as the last game or whatever, you know, I think that was it, really, wasn't it? That was the moment which, in his mind, I think, where that was the moment we'd qualified. Um, mm-hmm. And the the kind of scenes around that and those those moments, like again watching it back, knowing you know you know what's coming and whatever, but no, uh, the it kind of did give you goosebumps and reminded you like what a close bond everyone had there and and how much everyone really really how desperate I think everyone was to qualify at that point and it, that just was embodied in the fan celebrations in the in the mm. players celebrations. Um, and there was a brilliant moment afterwards I noticed where Oshan Roberts is trying to give like instructions to someone. He's, like you can clearly see him like you two, you two. And he just obviously just keeps repeating himself and repeating himself because whoever <laughs> he's trying to talk to is absolutely away with the fairies. Um, but it was, uh, yeah, it was a great moment. The one thing I'd forgotten about was 
after we score, they go up the other end. The lad has a snapshot which goes not far over. And then mm-hmm. we have this kind of comedy moment where someone goes to clear the ball and it kind of rebounds off one of their players' foot and goes just past the post. And again, you like you talk about moments. That was one of those moments where I think live, at the, like at the time, I was thinking, oh my God, this is classic Wales. We've toiled and toiled and toiled, got a brilliant goal, and all of a sudden we're going to kick it like into one of their players' foot and the ball kind of flies in the top corner. It would have been very Wales. But again, you talk about moments and this is our time. I think that was one of those where four years before, the rebound for that goes in the back of the net and now it it flies wide. Yeah, uh, it was off. It was off. Will, uh, clear by Williams, which would have been particularly cruel because he was one of the few people that actually were on their game that night. And uh, but yeah, I agree with you. I think it kind of summed up how the kind of you know the gods of football were on were on our side for a little bit then, weren't they? Yeah, and I mean it was Ashley Williams was I think one of few people who came out of that match with any like real credit I think everyone had everyone was steady like you said before but he was outstanding like I couldn't believe like how bad Gareth Bale was which I know is ridiculous given he scored a massively important goal but he was really poor he could not stop giving the ball away he was running at people when he shouldn't be it was I think he had one free kick in the first half which was pretty good and the keeper kind of scrambled away with his feet and and, I, and then he scored the goal. But I, I guess it just goes to show, doesn't it? That those are the sort of players that you need who can sometimes contribute bugger all for 81 minutes and, and all of a sudden they've 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 won you the match and, and realistically qualified you for a major tournament. Yeah, I mean, there is that little bit of, you know, magic dust that, that kind of appears at a crucial moment, isn't it? But it, I think overall it what struck me was how we'd gone from being quite so impressive against Israel and Belgium in the first half of, of that year. And then this these two matches sort of set off what was pretty a pretty mediocre 2015 into 16 season, wasn't it? You know, we we didn't obviously didn't do well against Bosnia and Herzegovina. We kind of got past Andorra suffered against the Dutch and you know and nothing nothing actually went terribly right for the rest for the rest of that season when you when you look at the games and so I think that it got me thinking about just how much we did turn around things in the tournament because we'd had a pretty appalling 12 months really in, in the lead up definitely mediocre oh absolutely I mean you think about the games we'd won um and it was very few and far between and, and they'd come with <laughs> average at best performances like you say Mm. um and I guess leading into the Israel game you can you can see the the enormity of everything I think weighing on everyone a bit um and I think that led to the kind of labored performance that we saw Israel obviously came for a point they they weren't interested in winning the game they still thought they could come third and get into the playoffs Mm. um and it and it was clear all they wanted to do from minute one was kind of run the clock down um, and and just see the game out and not concede a goal. Um, they were very physical. But anyway, before we get too far down that down that rabbit hole, um, just to look at the starting lineup of that, I was really really surprised. And again, like we've said this so many times, your memory playing tricks on you. I was amazed <laughs> that we 
stuck with the same team because I didn't think that was the case. Especially when not only this time is Collins on the bench, but Chester has returned from, I think, a suspension, like a, the yellow card suspension. So that's why he was back on the bench and we still persisted um, with what we'd had. And I just, it kind of shows an interesting thing for me. I thought that the loyalty that Coleman has showed to the majority of that squad, I think this was kind of their reward. And in a way, you could perhaps argue could have been his undoing. It wasn't, but that that loyalty kind of embodied everything that we came to love about that squad, I think, in that, you know, if you were doing well, whether you were in your right position or someone else could have been better off the bench or whatever, he would stick with you and he would he would trust you. And I think that's what this team selection was about for me, more than any sort of tactical now or situation or anything like that. I can't disagree with you because it kind of doesn't make sense, does it? You look at the performance in Cyprus and then to go with the same team in the Israeli game just three days later, that, that you can't kind of square that circle. Um, but the that said, I thought we then opened incredibly well in the Israel game. I thought for the first sort of 15, 20 minutes, I don't think there was necessarily signs of the jitters or nerves. I, I thought we'd, it was probably our best period of play in the whole game. Um, you know, lots of possession, high press, very busy, very busy, but controlled. Uh, so it was almost as though the tension developed about 20, 30 minutes in when we had, we'd had all of that play, but hadn't scored. Uh, so I, I found that dynamic interesting, looking at it in hindsight, um, that we seemed, it's almost in a strange way, a little like that, that Irish game in the world qualifying where we, we started very well. That, that, the transition there is kind of marked by Alan's injury as well, but we had a very good first 20 minutes and then our heads dropped. And it was almost, this was almost very similar to that, I felt. No, I think that's, I think that's fair. I think it was, again, you know, we say this a lot, I think, as Wales fan, but it was kind of an, another oh-so-close moment for Wales and, you know, <laughs> and all of a sudden the, the jit is set in and the good football slows down and, and the game becomes very, very different. I mean, you think Andy King goes in and has that chance. I mean, I think it was in the first 10 minutes. Um, he gets put in by Hal, great first touch, tries to shoot across the keeper, not overly convincing. And then, of course, Rambo kind of misses the open goal with a header. I'm not sure how kind of critical to be mm-hmm. to be of him in that circumstance. But you'd have to wonder if that was the other way around, if if Ramsey would have scored the first one and we wouldn't have needed the header. And I think that was the story of the game for me, was that we set up in a way where... The aim, I think, was to push Ramsey and Bale and Hal a lot further forward, lean on their defenders, create a gap in behind for our midfielders to kind of exploit and run through, push their defenders back, create a gap between their defence and their midfield, and then have kind of players running from deep or people like Bale dropping off and using that space. And it kind of worked to an extent in that it did push their back line backwards, but it also took... I thought Ramsey and Bale out of the game in an attacking sense a little bit in that the people you'd want to exploit the space in behind was them and they were the ones creating it rather than the other way around. So I think that explains a bit to me anyway why we ended up a couple of times having the wrong people 
taking or getting the chances like if you think just through the course mm. of the game there was a lot of times where we would work the ball really well get the ball into a so- solid wide area and be left with one person against three or four in the box is because the plan has worked so well to get the ball where it's supposed to be out wide or move it into an attacking space but we've done it by using the wrong players in inverted commas they're the ones who should be on the end of it so I found I, I found that interesting and that's that that king chance I think kind of typified that it ran from deep their their defense and the midfield allowed that to happen. He broke broke the defensive line, and then the, the wrong the wrong person's in the right place. If that makes sense. No, I, don't, I can't disagree with that. I think it's one of those instances that illustrates Allen and Ledley's strength through their through their absence. I think, in fairness to Edwards and King, I don't think they played badly at all, but no. they were playing in not their natural positions. In fact, at the end of the Cyprus game in Ashley Williams's interview, he makes that point, doesn't he? That he thought that they actually did really, uh, really well being asked to play um, atypical positions. And it's, and it's obviously somewhat true in the Israeli game as well. And I think, I think Ramsey's play is always so much better when he's just in front of Alan. Allen and Ledley and I think it how the how the three of them Ramsey Edwards and King played together was never quite as solid and never quite as um advantageous to Aaron's play and I think you you see this reflected in both in both of these games and that's not I don't want to sound critical to Ed, Edwards and King because I think they were asked to do quite a lot in as you say quite challenging like emotionally challenging circumstances yeah. and, and play differently than their than they, is their natural is their natural forte, um, but I do I do think it just emphasises how much more cohesive we were when we had Alan and Ledley in those two positions. No, I think that's I think that's fair. And like I said in the, about the Cyprus game, we it the the what's the word like the rotation of the ball w- was slower, and mm-hmm. that's no criticism to. Edwards and King I think they did the job they were asked to do but without Allen and Ledley in there who I who I think are probably more mobile and, and as I say kind of um, move the use the ball a bit better I think it did kind of make us a bit stunted and that kind of attacking interplay wasn't really present and again like we, I said about Bale in the last game I thought again he was very very average by his lofty standards in this and kind of didn't didn't really do much and that was typified by the amount of times he got on the ball and I felt like he was desperate to do something um mm. I mean there was one shot I think in the second half which has gone so far wide and high like like that ball is still going up right now like that still hasn't come down <laughs> um and I think that kind of typified the circumstance and what and the, and the way that the game had panned out and what had happened um because of, as you say, the kind of the emotional and physical tension that was very evident. I do think there's a few times as well where the players are a little guilty of um, just feed it to Gareth. You know, yeah. there, there was one point, for example, where Hal was on the ball and he ends up uh, towards the end of the first half, threads it through to Bale, where he's probably better off keeping the ball and running on himself i think there's a there's a little bit of that tension comes through as well as oh well gareth will sort it out we're okay um which again i think we got we got over that going deep going deeper into this the campaign and the tournament 
No, I agree. And I think you recognise in certain areas as well and the players start to feel feel and share the confidence with themselves. There was one point mm-hmm. similar as well, I think, um, where Ramsey was kind of breaking forward and he probably should have cut inside and shot himself and he gave the ball outside to Bale. I was just like, no, no, Rambo, you're, you're pretty bloody good as well, mate. Like, you, you, can, you can just get on with it yourself. Um, and it's a few of those sort of moments. And I think, again, a lot of it was born at attention. And I think Gareth had been so good in that campaign that it was almost like, right, we're there now. We're just going to get across the finish line. We'll, we'll all do our job. Gareth will do his job. Don't worry about it, lads. Um, and I think as the game wore on, that is the only point where I started to have a criticism of, of how we handled the, the second half. I think we had the chance with King, that header uh, from the corner, which was kind of came to him very, very quickly. I think he probably didn't have a great view of it, and he just kind of nodded it straight at like just the keeper's size. It was an easy enough save for the keeper to make. Mm-hmm. And from there, I thought like I thought we would kick into gear, and we did in that we had all of the ball, all of the possession, but sort of didn't really kind of do much with it. And and that was where I thought that we might see a change. And, you know, I was a bit baffled by some of the substitutions that Coleman made, but I guess he was keen not to lose the game. I think he wanted to put everything forward in an attacking sense, um, but without losing any of that kind of defensive solidity, which we'd had shown all the way through the campaign. Yeah, it's not as though we were making a lot of chances and, and their goalie was particularly busy yeah. we we really didn't didn't make many real clear-cut chances or, or force some serious saves from him I mean there was a couple of times where he made them look busier than than he needed yeah. to be and he took, took them on the second attempt and that sort of thing but really we weren't actually making much demand on him were we um the you know Bale was shooting high and wide as you said and um just just weird um and i think you that sort of fear and worry just compounds by the second half doesn't it yeah. just that you know we're are we going to make a mess of it uh kind of angst just just perme- permeates by the second half um israel definitely gave us a bit more space in the second half but i don't think we made any use of it which was perhaps more frustrating than anything no, I agree. And by the time that we have had a penalty, which for me is an absolute stonewall penalty, yeah. that lad, the, the, I say the lad, the bloke who's the <laughs> 25th official or whatever they are at this point, how he has not seen that is an absolute <laughs> disgrace. I mean, he's what, he can't be more than five yards away. It's no. unbelievable. And I've just I've just pulled it up on the on uh, the Cymru Twitter page now. But oh my goodness gracious me, that's a like. And again, I'd forgotten about how clear cut that was, and that mm-hmm. was blatant. And I felt like at that point, it's just not going to be our day today, is it? And, and you know that kind of proved to be the case. I mean, I, I assume you're on the same page as me that it should have been a pen. Oh, absolutely. And I remember thinking at the time that it was it. It just kind of if we're going to go out <laughs> for the sake of another handball situation, yeah. <laughs> just you know, in reverse. Um, like Davies' tackle that that starts yeah. that move and the and the and the then the cross from Bale are both beautiful, um, and I, yeah, it, it it makes no sense how you can't see that as a handball. I mean, it's not even a sort of. I mean, there are cases 
in the box where a ball is handled, i.e., it hits you, it hits someone's arm, but you but you end up as a supporter, you think, well, it's just ricocheted. It's like where's he supposed to put his arm? You know those sorts. Of, yeah. This is so obviously his arms are out. He actually sort of it changes the direction of the ball. I mean, it's everything that you think the definition should be. Yeah. Um, so very, very weird. No, I agree. And I think, you know, the more and more the game wore on then, the less likely it seemed, I thought, from my perspective anyway, that we we're going to end up kind of doing anything. Um, as I say, the one weird change I, th- I was surprised at and I thought we should have done differently was when Vokes came on, he came on, I think, for Edwards. And... I wondered at that point, with them them giving us more and more space, dropping deeper and deeper, why we didn't switch to four at the back there rather than realistically a five um, and leave the midfielders on, continue to kind of pile that pressure on them a bit because what would end up happening sometimes, the ball came out, we'd kind of push forward, the ball would come back and we'd end up, there was no one in the immediate kind of hole if you like to, to recycle the ball so we ended up having to go back to the defensive line we'd pass it around a bit and then it took a few more seconds to get things started I think it would have helped us kind of keep the relentless pressure on because with about I think he came on with about 10 or so minutes to go at that point we are you're looking at the game thinking I mean they're offering nothing they have absolutely given up and are just after a point this is this is it you've got 10 minutes to get to the Euros basically you've got 10 minutes to get this done and it, I, I was a bit surprised that he didn't make what I thought was a fairly obvious and and more positive substitution. I can't disagree in hindsight, but I wonder whether the thinking was more about it's not going to be our day. Let's just take the point. Let's just make sure we get the point at that by by the sort of seventy fifth, eightieth minute of the game. You're thinking it just ain't happening for us today. Let's at least not lose this. Yeah, it just begs the question, if that's the case, why you brought a midfielder off for Vokes? If that was the case, you swap a striker for a striker or a midfielder for a midfielder. Do do, do you see what I mean? It was just, it felt like we were going for it, but in a kind of weird way. Yeah, no, I see what you mean, but I'm I'm not sure we were going for it, to be honest. (laughs) I think, I, I don't think we were playing in the way that would indicate we were going for it. Yeah. Um, Even with that change. Looking forward then to the kind of the what should have been the moment of the match, I guess. Is I, I remember, I don't know where you were watching this, but obviously I was here by then. Um, and I was watching this in the Leah bar in, in, in Boston. And obviously the balls kind of bounced over, Bale flicks it on, uh, Church kind of buries it. And this quiet sports bar, you know... <laughs> Before we were going to the Red Sox game, straight afterwards, this 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 quietish sports bar all of a sudden has got me just screaming at the top of my lungs. I think Joy, my wife, has had a heart attack. I think half the people in there are now deaf. Um, and of course, it, it kind of comes to nothing. And every, I have to widely apologise and then explain to some Americans who have no idea what's going on why I am in fact not celebrating anymore. He was offside. What, oh, what, what does offside mean? Oh, shut up. Um, but my first thing, uh, my first thought at the time was, what I mean, that would have been a, a magic moment. I, like, I, I know no football doesn't work like this. <laughs> if I was the lino, you'd just think, oh, fuck it, go on in. You know, like <laughs> 94th minute, last last chance of the game, last kick of the game, really, to go to the Euros to win it. Yeah, go on, lad. Um, but I, the thing I remember thinking at the time, and I, and I did kind of look back at it again, and I'm still not entirely sure, 
but I was wondering whether Bale actually was the person who got the flick on. I couldn't quite make out if it was the defender who'd got the flick because that obviously would have meant that Church was onside because he was onside when the original kick was, the, the mm-hmm. original ball was played. And I appreciate, uh, you know, however many years later, five years later, I'm now clinging onto a thread of something that doesn't matter. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I did kind of wonder if, if Bale was actually the last person who got the flick on in the end, but it would have been... It, Either way, it would have been a great moment. Obviously, it didn't count, but it would have been great. Oh, it would have. It would have. Um, now, I think Bale got the flick, and uh, I, it was. It wasn't even a borderline one, was it? I mean, as I was as I was following it originally, my immediate reaction was, "Shit, he's offside." Oh, yeah. um, so I don't. I I didn't actually get sort of suck, sucked in by that one. Um, I wanted to be. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, but I, but I think it was so obvious, so obviously not a goal. And I do think it was Bale that got the flick. I think there would have been more noise from the players if Bale felt he hadn't got that touch as well. I think there would have been protests. Yeah, I know what you mean. I'm, and I've, I've, again, I've got it on the Twitter page. Here. It's, I mean, he's obviously offside. He's comfortable two yards offside. <laughs> Um, and it's great, actually. I, I'd, ne- I'd not realised this before. There's a moment when it goes in, and it's kind of a slow mo of what's supposed to be Simon Church, like celebrating to commiserate in all in one fell swoop. At which point, there's an Israeli player walks in uh, into the slow mo shot with like double fists, like yes, <laughs> and it's been disallowed. Um, but uh, yeah, it would have been a perfect moment to kind of finish the campaign on on that note. I think. Um, but, you know, we still now have to carry on with this <laughs> tawdry exercise that we've started and go and watch uh, us lose to Bosnia but still qualify on, on Wednesday. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's it, it was a kind of... It's been a weird two games, this. An important two, obviously, but a, a weird two games, really. Yeah, I think I think weird is a, a good way of, of describing it. I mean, we, we came out of it with four points. It, you know, it should feel okay on the face of it but somehow it doesn't and I think that goes back to how we were playing as much as the as much as the score as much as the score lines to be honest I, I think there was a lot of concern at that point that we we'd somehow kind of lost our mojo and I think the fear that either we're not going to qualify or we're going to qualify and be trounced because look at the state we're in that's kind of started to bubble didn't it yeah absolutely but I think Again, looking forward, I think we we landed on a much more settled squad moving forward. Our first mm-hmm. team was a lot more settled. Alan and Ledley were were all there. We everyone everything seemed a lot better. Well drilled, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, but there you are. Um, is there anything else you want to add, Ruth? Uh, no, I think we're all right. Excellent. All right. Um, you can only draw so much out of those two games. Yeah, exactly. One, <laughs> one, one goal in uh, in 180 minutes. We've we've managed to do well there. Um, yeah. The only thing I was going to say is that um, the Welsh football fans are doing a quiz on Friday. Ruth and I are going to be playing. Um, I'm embarrassingly bad at this, but uh, we'll we'll have a go anyway. Um, as I give you a little warmer upper, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a little treat, Ruth. Um, I uh, am running a quiz for my mates tonight, and I've got a Welsh football question to start you off. So, listeners, come and join the quiz on on Friday. You can find information about it on the Welsh Football Fans Facebook group. Um, Some great prizes and all proceeds are going to the NHS. Um, The question I have for you, Ruth, is um, can you name 
the last 10 different individual goal scorers for Wales and the goal they scored their last the game they scored their last goal in so for example you can't say the same player twice obviously uh, and uh, own goals don't count oh god I think I'll need writing down time. All right. Well, we'll have a little quick, have a little think yourself, ladies and gents at home. Um, Who are the last 10 different goal scorers for Wales and the goal they scored their last game in? Thank you very much for listening. Hopefully we'll see you uh, for the quiz on Friday. Um, If you want to send me your answers to to this question, please feel free. Um, And uh, yeah, thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. I'm having trouble getting past two.